actually saw two people um, racing down the mountain and it was like already fuck. I, I really wanted to help have them up there and at least I want to have them with the backdrop. And so I was trying to, to communicate with the drivers at, to, to let me out and they didn't and they, they were still driving. So I decided to grab my gear and jump out of the uh, car. <laughs> How are you doing? We're good. Where? Wait, when was I saw you in May in Greece? And Cynthia, you just saw Niels. Uh, Yeah, Niels and I saw each other like three weeks. Oh, maybe like, yeah, like three weeks ago. Yeah, three weeks ago. Um, Is is it maybe four or whatever? But yeah, 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 just recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just recently. Got to give Niels a hug. Mm. Oh, the best. I'm (laughs) so jealous. We had fun. So are you back in Germany right now, Niels? Yeah, I'm back in Germany now. I had some vacation after Badlands, which was great. Uh, I was so tired mm. before Badlands already, and Badlands didn't help to <laughs> change that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I had two weeks of vacation, and that was great. And now I'm back in Germany and about to leave to um, Venice um, mm-hmm. in two days, actually. Yeah, for the Gravel Worlds mm. different different thing yeah a little bit and different yeah can we exciting. ask you who 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 hired you for gravel worlds like are you I was shooting curious for a brand about this. or are you shooting for a country uh no oh wow that would be uh i was about to say great but i think it's not great i'm not a huge <laughs> fan of my country uh and i think they don't have money i mean the country itself has money but not like the um the federation mm-hmm. yeah the, not the federation um so uh i work for Paul Foss, uh, who just okay. got third at Euros, mm-hmm. and I work for Specialized mm. and okay. also Schwalbe. Mm. Oh, yeah, Schwalbe. Nice. So, like, doing it all. Mm. And uh, it's exciting and it's a lot, but uh, they all know that I'm there, but I I mean, I won't be able to, to focus, like, on each rider of Schwalbe or mm-hmm. from Specialized, and they mainly want me to be at, at the front, which is great mm-hmm. um and but like try to to catch as many riders as possible mm-hmm. yeah. wild i'm so ex- cool selfishly so excited for this because and we'll give a quick intro about who you are niels um i would call niels like the ultra photographer you're probably like sinking into your couch being like mel don't <laughs> don't call me that um, <laughs> um but Niels has such a unique perspective on cycling and ultra cycling because you're behind the lens rather than on the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, why don't you give our listeners just a quick intro on who you are, say hello, where you're from, yeah. how long you've been photographing, how the heck did you find photographing ultra cycling? Like that's, I have no idea how you even got there. <laughs> well, I mean... I, I can make it quite long if you want to. I mean, we have time, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, uh, so we, we start with the basics. My name is Niels Lengner. Uh, I'm a photographer from Germany. And uh, yeah, I'm 35 now and 
quite old. No, and that's it's <laughs> you're not, not old. old. No, I'm not very old, but uh, sometimes <laughs> I feel old. Um, no, I'm feeling great actually. It's cool. Um, and I I started with uh, photography when I was twelve already, and, but like it was like wow. taking photos of flowers and animals and the sky and whatever like everything uh just in front of my camera and um then it got all lost during school mm. <laughs> and um then I, I realized that i like to be creative and um stop like regular school and got into a school for arts mm. and uh, which was good and i realized i want to be become a photographer one once i'm done with school mm-hmm. And I really like this one photojournalist, um, James Nachtway. Uh, he's an American. Um, and I really like his style and his approach. And so I wanted to become a photojournalist hmm. and specialize in war and crisis. Wow. And, wow. Um, and then I realized very quickly that I'm too sensitive mm. <laughs> for that. Mm. And because I think I can't like separate mm-hmm. the, the horrifying stories which I will mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. and my everyday life mm-hmm. and also that I'm not able to 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 help I mean mm-hmm. except for with my fo- uh, photos but mm-hmm. uh, so um, I thought like no I think that's not for me mm-hmm. and so during my studies so I studied photography uh, I w- worked as a bike courier and oh. I really liked uh, fixed gear and cycling in general. I saw uh, this one video, now I forgot the name. It was about like alley cats in, oh. in New York or all around the world, actually. And I really liked it. The music was great and it was so <laughs> punk rock. And so I really liked that. And um, a friend of mine introduced me into uh, this group called Fixpot. It's a uh, it was a fixed gear crew uh, from Dortmund, actually, so my hometown. And um, I started training with them. Yeah, he knows. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, he knows. Yeah, Marianne. I know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're you... actually friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, we are. Yeah. I was thinking, <laughs> the and same I know thing. her from uh, fixed gear side. Yeah, that's, that's okay. True. I was okay, going to ask that same question. Like, I feel like I heard this this story, already recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's an old, old story. Yeah, it's a myth now. <laughs> yeah. <a> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, we know each other actually from the scene. And That's I mean, cool. in Germany, it was not used. That's what it seems it like, was yeah, cool. still small. It was all right, actually. And so it started with all the couriers and mm. bike messengers and uh, punk rock people. And like, uh, so, but it was like amateur and it was, uh, but it was super exciting. Mm. And I was training with them and realized, well, I like that, but I'm not very competitive. Hmm. And I also don't want to spend all my time training. <laughs> and so I thought about, like, I should combine what I love, like cycling, taking photos and traveling and meeting people. And that was nice with them because they did all the crits uh, around the world. So they traveled, for example, to New York and to Barcelona for a retro crit. And I don't know if you you know that, but it was Back in the days, it was um, <laughs> the crit scene for um, fixed gear, mm. and and yeah, it was quite big and it was overwhelming to to get. Well, at first, I didn't get paid, at least not from the team. And I I, I traveled with them and took some photos, and 
I had a different approach on on the photos. Um, before that, I only knew like cycling photography or sports photos mm. uh, in general, like all flashed and like everything was sharp and it was only about the action. Mm -hmm. And with my backstory to want to be uh, a journalist, I did uh, more like a reportage approach on the on the photos and did something off road or not off road off off the track so i um wanted to tell some more stories mm -hmm. and not only the racing and um and i think it was one of the first gigs i did with the team it was milan and mm -hmm. um i sold the story um to a cycling magazine and i sold it for 50 euros Whoa which Your was first, first one yeah it, yeah it was my first 50 euros and it cool. was like i mean even back then or maybe now it would be even less probably i don't know but even back then it was like nothing and i knew that but it was also like that i felt like i did something right hmm. and it felt good to get paid for mm -hmm. what i do and so i continued following them and i did that for five years wow five think, years Yeah, I did cool. that. I mean, not not based on the 50 euros. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 50 <laughs> so euros for five years. I still years. have like 10 euros left. And uh, and it was great. And uh, so I followed them to Bangkok and to New York, Barcelona, Singapore and Milan. And hmm. like all those cool, cool cities and countries and traveled around with them. And well... And then Retro Crit and all the, the, the whole scene suddenly died, I would say. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was a big deal. But I already started like looking into professional road, road cycling. And so I did this gig uh, or the, the, a, tour, uh, a race uh, called Tour de Ronda. Um, back in the day, it was like a UCI 2.2, like mm. means mm -hmm. like continental teams can race there and uh it's a, a stage race um now it's like open for world tour teams Whoa. as well and so i photographed it with my father actually oh, and we wow. didn't have any idea what we are doing and, <laughs> <laughs> but we approached uh, uci actually and told them well we haven't seen any photos and no article about the race but we want to do that and you are like you're hosting it more or less so why shouldn't we do something about it and they were like yeah cool uh do it and um so he wrote i took pictures but like i said we didn't have any idea what we were doing mm. and we didn't have any accredit <laughs> accreditation only like the like from the user yeah yeah go ahead <laughs> <laughs> and um so Um, yeah, we didn't have any motorbike or car or whatsoever <laughs> to get from around? A to B. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's the <laughs> point because I mean, no one knew that we are coming except for UCI, but not like not the people who are organizing it mm. or the federation from Rwanda. Mm -hmm. So, so I think two days before the race, we got there and told them, "Hey, here we are. Uh, we want to get our accreditation," and they. Uh, who are you? <laughs> we didn't know that you're coming and uh, we can get, give you an accreditation and a media pass uh, for all access, but like you, you can't get any motorbike or whatsoever. Mm. And, oh no. 
but so that was devastating and uh but <laughs> it was funny and um what year was this oh wow uh 2019 okay earlier 18 okay maybe okay, so not, yeah. not too long ago no no it's not too long uh i think yeah maybe well i i can i can double check um but i think it was like around that and and there are some small motorcycles or motorbikes uh, in Rwanda. Like, it's more like a, a taxi actually mm, mm-hmm. to get around. They're very shitty and like slow. And but we thought like, yeah, maybe we can rent a like one of those motors no. to get around. And, but but all the people were like, no, you can't do that, and they re- refuse. And Aww. thank God for that uh, because it's quite dangerous. <laughs> um. So we decided to to study the route actually, and mm. um, started the day way earlier than everyone else, and left like two hours before the start of the race. Mm-hmm. Took the public bus mm. and to a planned photo spot, and then yeah, we waited there for a long time <laughs> and spoke to to the people from. Yeah, from country, from the villages. Mm. And that was already nice because my dad speaks uh, French. Mm. Oh, nice. And some people did speak a little ang- English. And that so that was great, actually. Mm. And then we waited there and like had like 30 seconds for, for the photos. Mm. And then we waited till everyone left. And then we got into the bus again mm-hmm. and drove to the finish line. Wow. And... Uh, with so few photos, but great stories actually, and it was a different approach on on this race. Mm-hmm. And so I sold it actually to Peloton magazine. Cool. Wow! I don't know if they still exist. I, I think they do, right? I don't know. I don't know. They might have gotten bought by Outside magazine. Yeah, like everything maybe, else. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so that was a huge deal for me. Wow! And also that it was published on UCI. It was published mm. on on Peloton magazine, and so. I was very happy about that. That's amazing. Wow. Um, So that that's uh, well part of the of of the story. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I I can cut it short a little bit, and then I did some more 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 racing, like in the professional cycling. Mm -hmm. And um, but I I never really like like races on on tarmac, and I but I never had like I never had a mountain bike and didn't know that gravel bikes exist and so I never really went off-road and but then I I stumbled across gravel bikes and I bought myself one and um, I started riding in the woods and like off-road and I really loved it still do and made longer trips than before and and got lost uh, intentionally (laughs) so I really like that Um, and so a friend of mine, Nico Kainat, and I decided to, we will get there later, I think. <laughs> oh, is this about your ride and, from um, Lisbon to yeah, Marrakesh? Yeah, from Lisbon, exactly. It, and so I might be jumping. So I, I maybe can't cut it here. No, I might be jumping ahead, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. was Atlas Mountain Race in 2020 your first ultra race that you photographed? Or Yes, <gasps> yeah, it was. Because I was yeah. just about to ask, yeah. I was going to say, what was the first race, like ultra race that you photographed? And so that, yeah, that was the one. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Okay, so so super exciting. Everything everything was new, and it was a completely different wow. thing. Yeah, I love it. So that is it, a one heck of a race to do as your first ultra race to document, right? <laughs> yeah, and Nelson Trees race yeah, is the first one, but that probably got you hooked yeah. on like 
I, I, w- I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I would. No, no, that's that's true. I mean, even even the film, the the I, I forgot the oh, name. Oh, into the rift. Uh, mm. No, uh, no. I mean, that was about the the, the right, Atlas right. Mountain oh, Race right. already, yeah, yeah, but no. like uh, the first Silk Road Mountain Race film. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think something with running with horses. Oh, wild or horses. Could be. Yeah. yeah um, like. Yeah. yeah. But I think we we know about it, <laughs> and so that. That was totally into the. Uh, I was totally enthusiastic about it, yeah. and um, and I really wanted to go there yeah. and to take photos, but it just happened. So yeah. so then I stumbled across Atlas Mountain Race. Did you reach? Did you the, reach out to Nelson and say, "Hey, I want to photograph your race"? I did. Wow. I, I even wrote like. I mean, it was via email, but it was more like a letter of motivation. It <laughs> was like. Like I really applied for it because yeah. I thought like everyone everyone will go there because I was so hooked and I thought like everyone will go there and I have to be like um I, I mean I was super excited about it but mm-hmm. I was like also also like I think like like I said everyone will go there so I need to make a point and <laughs> make to... a case for yourself and was exactly, was his response yeah. like shortened to the point and he says yes probably you can do- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, more, more or less. I mean, that's that's our Nelson, right? We we, we know him like that, and you love him about that. We love but, him for um, it. or for that. But um, no, that I think that was his response, and um, but it was nice, and I was super excited to get invited and uh, to be yeah part of it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So there's so much to jump off there. There's one I want to hear about this ride from Lisbon to Marrakesh because that's a journey in itself. And then obviously shooting your first ultra race, which like Cynthia and I both kind of know this, that shooting an ultra race is doing your own kind of ultra photography mm-hmm. race in a sense. Mm-hmm. 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 Where do we want to start the ride to Lisbon? Sorry, ride from Lisbon or do we want to jump into the race? What are we feeling? Do you ask me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where do you want what to do start? You want to do? Where do you want to start, Niels? Yeah, I can go to to Lisbon. I mean that. I mean that would be like right away, right away, right? Yeah. Um, so, so Nika and I, like like I said, we we planned to do something, and then we got he we we applied, and he applied to be uh, there as an as an uh, as a writer, hmm. and I as a photographer, and we both got uh, got in, and. Um, and we we wanted to do something differently because normally he has a professional background actually mm-hmm. and never liked it and um i experienced morocco um during tour de maroc also a professional road race and i hated it mm. Interesting. <laughs> uh, the race and also the country um and but i only i thought like i think i had just a bad experience with the organization mm. and I didn't want to be like oh no this country and the people sucks mm-hmm. and and now I realize <laughs> that I was completely wrong and it was only the the handful of people I've met there mm-hmm. and um and he was like I, I only fly the, to two countries and never really experience anything especially when I'm going there to compete not not like seriously he didn't want to be very serious about it but like you don't really experience when you are racing like mm-hmm. fully racing then you have your head head down and like be very precise on what you're doing and which is fair but uh so so we thought about like 
entering the the country very slowly. Nice. And and so we had like two weeks to spare, and uh, so we started in Lisbon and went to Marrakesh, and it was like thousand eight hundred kilometers. Wow. I don't know about like, uh, but uh, so it was long. Uh, not long. too long, actually. Yeah. Um, That's like the length of Silk Road, pretty much. It is, but it was like less, uh, less altitude. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah elevation. Mm-hmm. And we took it very slow. Mm. I mean, we rode like, I don't know, sometimes we rode more, sometimes less, but it was more holiday. Yeah. But it was great because we took some amazing photos and he was like, okay, I'm I'm getting over the, the point where cycling, where you... Um, doubt yourself mm-hmm. while you're doing it in a race where you think like why am I doing this yeah. or like saddle sauce and he was like okay I got the, got to this point and over it and now I can race yeah <laughs> and um, so it was a lot of fun and mm-hmm. it was like very important for me to do this trip mm-hmm. and it was funny because we didn't really know each other very well we knew about ourselves from fixed gear Mm-hmm. and we got along but it was not like that we knew each other for a very long time and uh but maybe that was a great thing because it was well i don't know actually but but it was great it was super fun to to ride with him and um we had like a good connection and it was perfectly like we never wanted to ride longer than the other and mm. the brakes were like the same that's hard so to that find in cool. a partner it is. For, yeah. especially for a trip of that duration like two weeks to be mm-hmm. on the same schedule and driving yeah. with each other can be really tough yeah true yeah but it was good at, oh perfect actually yeah i love that, that. A perfect well. yeah. a perfect trip and was that did had you done much bike touring prior to that or was this kind of the first big thing it, it was a first big one mm-hmm. i did something but like not like two weeks and but actually I, I liked it um i mean the length length was perfect again perfect 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 <laughs> you're so <laughs> <Like> positive also, <laughs> yeah um no but it was i think it was great because each day was even better and i got mm-hmm. into a rhythm i mean yeah. You know that already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, it was a good experience that I can ride um, each day and each day long distances, mm. at least for mm-hmm. myself, it was long distances. Uh, because I like, like I said, I had more background in, in fixed gear cycling. And I think my, my longest trip was with the fixie, it was like 150K or something. Mm. Mm-hmm. which is with a fixed gear bike it's it's quite long mm-hmm. it's uh it's hard for your legs but no, uh, you. <laughs> it's nothing serious like compared to like riding two weeks each day yeah and so that was cool and um yeah and after that i did some some more obviously more bikepacking trips and yeah. Yeah, but now I don't have so much time anymore. Well, yeah, because you are like because you're like a national, <laughs> yeah, you're international a big deal. superstar. You're a big yeah. deal. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, stop, uh, shut up. No, yeah. <laughs> stop it. So, yeah, no, I mean it's it's kind of true because I mean when everyone is like riding their bikes because they're they're racing and I'm there to capture that, um, I don't have the time to train, and mm. so. My training schedule is mainly in in winter time, mm. and German winter sucks. Yeah, so it's very wet. It's always gray. It's so it's a lot of mud. 
But you did, you do find ways to get out there when we were in Spain after, or like, you know, between the top leaders and the people and the, and, you know, finishing on the last day, you went out for a trail run. Yeah, I I see some trail runs on your Strava. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, because that's easy. Because I, I, my, my working shoes are trail running shoes. Yeah. Um, Convenient. (laughs) I mean, they're, they're comfortable and, um, um, yeah, and I, I like to, to you do a lot do of hiking sprints in, in between <laughs> and, and some hiking. I, I, true, that's true. And um, so those shoes are perfect. And um, yeah, and it's easy to run, right? You don't need anything. Yeah. And um, so hmm. I went for a run to, the other day because yeah. I was like, oh, putting on kit and i didn't really want to ride for like more than an hour and i was like well an hour ride is stupid okay. and was i was like oh I'll just go for a run and it was amazing except then two days later everything two days hurt. later yeah everything <laughs> yeah. hurts you, you and you're feel dying it. it's different muscles yeah that's true yeah. oh yikes. okay well you kind of gave us a bit of a spoiler about what it's like to shoot one of these races but like tell us what the day in a life mm. photographing mm-hmm. i really i think every race is different but ultra Mm -hmm. races are long and they're super unique and so tell us like what a day in the life shooting an ultra race is like yeah yeah you're right it's uh they're different but like most of the time i would say the the first day or the the day before the race is also the most stressful for me Mm. oh and um because a lot of things are unclear and i don't know in which car i will be and you never really know um are you capturing the front or in the mid pack or in, mm. the, in the back and what stories to tell mm. and um so i'm also kind of nervous just like the I'm, racers <laughs> exactly yeah i'm feeling like a racer but like well, not as fit and <laughs> no you're so but as, as soon as, as your shutter your shutter finger is fit it, i have a six pack on my finger yeah. <laughs> okay wait this might be a stupid question yeah. but like does your finger ever yeah. cramp no <laughs> N- never <laughs> but i go for i go in in a gym right yeah. so to, to oh my train my, my finger your index yeah. finger <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i think i never had a cramp but i I'm very sore after two weeks of carrying my backpack. And well, and you're like running and, up mountains and stuff. I, I'm surprised. Yeah. Probably hear- in awkward angles, trying to like lean over to get <laughs> yeah. the. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So the day before mm. is stressful. Um, yeah, I, I think in a, in a sense, it's like more mentally stressful, mm-hmm. I think. And as soon as I take the first photos, I relax more and more. Mm. It's exactly like racing. And, sounds though. like a racing. Yeah, I, I think it's more or less it's the, the same. same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. yeah. I don't know. Somehow it is because after a while it just blurs in, and mm. uh, you're more relaxed, and mm-hmm. you can't do anything about it, mm-hmm. and just keep going. Mm-hmm. And you're just doing what and, you're good at. Like that's what you like excites you. And yes, it's a job, but like for some people, like cycling is a job as well. But that's the thing mm-hmm. that you like. Mm-hmm you gravitate towards and so you can like prep and prep and prep and then once you get going everything just you get into a flow right yeah true yeah yeah actually that that's completely right um good point um yeah so um i think yeah like i said the first days are more stressful than the other even though it's on the other hand it's more relaxing because everything is so 
close to each other. Like all the races are very close. And so you just drive along yeah. and find whatever you get. And it's like more like, like a buffet. Like you, you just collect the, <laughs> the food and, and get all the good parts. Photographed hanging ultras yeah. like a buffet. <laughs> yeah, the first day when everybody... Everyone's, everyone's together. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. funny. And I, I would say that, I mean, it's a, I don't know. <laughs> it's an example. I just No, it's up. perfect. No, I love it. It's and, so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it's like, it starts getting more serious. And like, obviously, I'm very excited. The first, or actually the, the whole, whole one week, two weeks. And, but like, um, I'm so, super excited and everything is new and you don't know what to expect. And then the first night comes and because no one is sleeping. <laughs> You're um, not sleeping either. Covering the front. I'm not sleeping at all. Yeah. And maybe I, I mean, maybe I do two, two hours, but not like serious sleeping. Mm -hmm. And um, because you, you don't know if you, it's hard to calculate if, if people are way faster than you expect mm -hmm. or not and or if something is happening or not and so you have to to keep track and be very focused on on everything what is happening and plus I have to um, do my photos which means like I have to to send them out not only for sponsors but like also for people on Instagram because they're very keen to, to see what's happening and well yeah I would think especially that like yeah. Nelson's races he's quite I mean I, I, he's not demanding but he yeah. did, I think that what what makes his races so interesting to follow is the fact that there is a daily recap and there's imagery so people yeah. feel like they're kind of there without being there and then they can get into it which is incredible but that is a huge task for you because you are in those little vans flying around Kyrgyzstan <laughs> not sleeping yeah. and somehow editing photos and finding internet to mm. like mm. yeah the, the, I think the, the internet in Kyrgyzstan might be the main issue for them mm -hmm. uh, and like the transport like yeah. because especially Atlas Mountain Race or um, Silk Road there are no proper roads and so you're going with a four by four and it's like, even that it's quite stressful. I mean, the, the last car we had, it was a proper, proper four by four and it was a former Chinese military car, Whoa. but it was not built for comfort. It was, <laughs> so I was sitting in front and uh, the chair was like to half of my back. So I had to be very stable all the oh. time. And like, well, I, oh my I mean, you both are seeing me now, but like for the people, I don't know. Yeah, like, like I was a little shaking sack of around, potatoes like, bouncing like, around like, in the back, back seat. Yeah, you have no chance to do anything, but like, except like, <laughs> except on. like that you yeah, yeah, I think there was nothing to hold on actually, yeah. but like, oh my God. <laughs> But uh, so so editing in that car was not not an option. Actually, I can I was gonna say I feel like I would be sick if I would be trying to yeah, do anything. I mean, sitting in front is good, but like if for me at least. But if I'm sitting anywhere in, in the car and look on on my laptop, it's quite hard. I can do that on on tarmac, then it's fine. Um, no tarmac in Kyrgyzstan, like on, though. No, I think they don't have that. No, they have, but not, <laughs> not much. On, on the race course. Yeah, um, yeah so that's uh, challenging, actually. Mm. 
um yeah and then we catch catch the front and um and yeah during the the next days maybe we have some some sleep but like in between it's more like we nap in a car i was gonna say what's your sleep status like when you're sleeping i mean ultra racers all have their own different ways of sleeping but like what's your mo mode of Uh, operation i mean i have everything with me Mm -hmm. we have a tent Mm-hmm. And we we could sleep in the car, mm-hmm. and we did in Silk Road actually. That they had like uh, a, I don't know. I could sleep in the car more or less, but I had to build like a lot of uh, bags <laughs> to put my legs on, and um, <laughs> and the the driver was sitting in the front row or sleeping in the front mm-hmm. row. It looked horrible, but he, he managed. He managed, and um, but yeah, sometimes we just nap outside and sleep on the grass and sometimes we have a hostel or a hotel for two hours mm-hmm. and um in norway we we uh sneaked into a hotel and slept there for 45 minutes <laughs> and then sneaked out again <laughs> and, uh, so uh because we didn't want to pay for that i mean that for was 45 like, I mean, minutes yeah so don't but we wanted to have some sleep yeah don't I mean, tell it us was what bright. hotel it is uh so yeah <laughs> no. mel's like writing it down for yeah. notes later i was like yeah, don't exactly. tell us don't tell us yeah <laughs> i don't want to get you in trouble oh. yeah thanks <laughs> um and yeah then we are looking actually in the morning and also before we we sleep we check the gps trackers mm-hmm. the dots mm-hmm. of the riders mm-hmm. and see where they are and like try to calculate if they are going fast or if they're going slow if they might sleep that will be like for the next days but like um so we we try to to plan our next day and in the morning we have a different world and uh, then we have to recalculate again mm. and see where people are and some people decided to sleep some people kept going and so we have to deal with that and then we rush ahead uh, for a couple of hours or go back or stay where we are and um so you have to be very flexible i would say during during those days i think this is the most important thing being flexible and yeah i w- i would say for me it is because you can plan a little bit, but actually, actually, no, you can't <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have an idea what you want to to show, mm-hmm. but um, sometimes you you come to places which are beautiful and hoping for riders to pass by, and the light is perfect and no one is coming. Mm. And sometimes you even check the trackers and see oh. He or she is coming soon, and then they never come. Um, and they, they stop never come because they, no, they are, oh maybe like that as well. But sometimes the tracker is very slow, yeah. and they already passed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is like um, yeah, super annoying. Mm. But I mean, that's that's life. So so you have to be flexible. I would say mm-hmm. during the days, mm-hmm. and you have to deal with sleep deprivation. I would say. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's also key. You have yeah. your own ultra. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah in a sense be yeah. flexible no sleep sounds like what we yeah. do what are, are you what are you you're probably eating the same things the riders are honestly you're not stopping <laughs> for for a big lunch yeah, you're taking a gel yeah. <laughs> a gel yeah. yeah well i i don't do gels and i don't don't 
do like I don't know what, um, but um, drink yeah, mix, I, 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 mix. <laughs> I would be so funny with my hydro back on. Uh, <laughs> it would have made that um, that yeah. military vehicle a little bit more comfortable if you had a backpack Definitely. on. Yeah, probably. With some yeah. water in there. <laughs> I'll spill around. Yeah, <laughs> have a milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, no, I, I think I eat mainly crap actually mm, yeah. i mean not the good crabs but like uh like crab in a shitty way mm. that i eat snickers i eat a lot of hey don't you be peanuts. shitting on snickers those things yeah. are no no they're the best they're great yeah lifesaver they yeah. are a lifesaver when you need them yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. um yeah but but i think i i am a little bit more flexible than you are i think in a sense that sometimes i can just stop and have a yeah. proper meal because i can eat like a I don't know like bread or whatever in the car yeah and I think normally I don't eat like hot food or something because we don't have the time for it yeah. mm-hmm. um but sometimes during, during the days when like the front people already finished then then it's way more flexible mm-hmm. and easy mm-hmm. and then I can eat way more more proper food and sleep more and it's it's like yeah, every day after uh, the first people finished are more more relaxed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say is the most challenging? I know you just mentioned a bunch of things that were uh, like in your daily time while you're racing, but like what is the hardest or most challenging when you're out there shooting for a week or two yeah. weeks at a time? Yeah, I, I would say like I I don't know if that's the right order, but I would say like having uh, to be very flexible because the plans are changing all the mm. time. So sometimes I mean we were chasing some people at Atlas Mountain Race. Uh, I think one and one and a half years ago, the the special edition, the the one in November, mm-hmm. I think October. Yeah, the one with yeah. the crazy October. flooding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Last year, I guess. Yeah, that yeah. was the one. And so we were chasing in one direction people from the mid-pack or from the back. I don't know. I can't recall. And then Nelson wrote us, um, uh, can we, we don't have any photos of Ashley and she was leading and mm-hmm. um, the female race. And so so we had to drive six hours in the other direction mm-hmm. we were just coming coming from. And and um so so you have to be flexible or sometimes uh Mathieu de Marquis, uh, uh that was last year mm-hmm. i think um and we wanted or we cha- uh, chased him down and um that sounds creepy but uh, we chased him <laughs> and <laughs> so we chased him and uh we found like beautiful location or we knew there will be a beautiful location for that and so we reached came in this uh, direction and then he wrote us uh, I have to scratch and oh. and I was not I mean I was not pissed because I mean he scratched because of a, of a serious uh, not injury but like he had some uh, coughing issues yeah. and it was quite serious and um, but it was like ah oh, fuck I, I really wanted to go there because it was very beautiful there. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then we drove to the hospital together and I took some photos and um, mm. So I mean, not not a lot, but like, uh, so then you have to change plans again, yeah. and mm-hmm. then you take some mm-hmm. photos at the hospital. Yeah, just being flexible. And Sounds... um, and then I would say, you spend 
two hours, uh, not two hours, that would be easy, but like two weeks, uh, 24-7, um, in a car with new people and experience adventures and disappointments, lack of sleep, yeah. and you're together. And uh, that can be very challenging uh, because you never met each other. And um, after a while, you're getting getting tired and like um but till till also far it was mostly great actually i would say i mean there are some bad apples i would say but um yeah i would say that was great so far uh but that's quite challenging and that's funny that never something serious happened <laughs> never a big argument or something mm. um and then like like i said before lack of sleep um it's an issue um not only for the riders obviously but also for me um yeah um yeah you you are in a bubble yeah. right i mean you you know that like um you you're you're functioning which is funny because you're still cycling you go to the supermarket and you get everything you need but if someone would call you from from the outside world, I would say, yeah, I, you couldn't deal with it, or at least that's for me. I, I mean, actually, I can I, I can definitely relate to that because I had um, a friend who was going through something at the same time as Hellenic Mountain Race, and every hmm. single day I was getting texts from this friend asking me for like help and stuff. And I felt so bad because I was like, I can't, I can't be there for you. But actually, like, I would read it and I didn't reply because I was like, well, mm. it's just, it, it's not, it, it's not that it's not a priority. It's just like you, like you said, you are in that bubble and you have to focus on the task at hand because it is like you only have so much energy. You know, mm. you have, you can't. You're like, yeah, you're you're running at fifty percent brain capacity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, true. Yeah. I'm so curious, Deals. What is the like? I've heard some funny stories from races like Silk Road, where I think it was Daniel, one of the other photographers. He like hiked all the way up Keggedy Pass to catch somebody at like sunset, and then he saw them. He had the perfect photo, and then they fell asleep, and then the sun, it was dark. So he's like, "Well, fuck! Now I have to camp on the mountain." Um, and I'm I'm sure you have some wild stories. Like, what is the craziest thing, or like maybe most bizarre or funniest situation mm. you've done to get a specific photo? Um, yeah, I think I have that with Kiget here as well. <laughs> uh, so that's a place to be. But um, I think, the, um, but I can start with a different one actually. I think, um, but. I have to recall because that was on my mind actually. Wait, was that story uh, about okay. you? No, no, that was not. No, no, that was not my story. No, no. Um, but I, now I have to remember actually. No, so so we were um, going there to get here, and um, we drove there for a long time. And um, but at a certain point, we couldn't go any further with our truck, even though it was like. Uh, perfect car for that but uh at some point our driver refused to to keep going which mm. is fair well um, yeah and for people who kageti pass is one of the iconic kind of passes in silk road mountain race and the mountain passes in kyrgyzstan are big loose shale rocks <laughs> landslides everywhere 
uh, a little bit treacherous to navigate. So I don't blame your driver for not wanting to go all the way up. But some some drivers are like, hell yeah, let's go, which is also yeah. scary in its own right. <laughs> True. Yeah, I have some serious videos about those. <laughs> I've seen those some on your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so so we stopped. and um, because, But I really wanted to go there because the day before we, I wanted to go there because I knew that um, Quinda and Alan Shaw, the, the, the guy with the cargo bike, uh-huh. um, they were there and I really wanted to be there. And uh, But there was a misunderstanding with my driver and the uh, videographer in my car. Uh-huh. And uh, so, so we never got there. Uh-huh. But So I was very keen to go up there the next day. Uh-huh. And we checked um, for the time we will arrive, there will be probably four people mm-hmm. if we rush up there. Mm-hmm. And so we did, but then we had to stop, like I said. And um, so I was grabbing my camera gear and my rain jacket because it started raining mm-hmm. and it was already quite high up there. And um, so um, I was not sure if it's dangerous when it's mm. like there, when there's a thunderstorm and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I run up there and um, it started raining or it got heavier actually. And snow um, probably because it's Kigeti tops out at yeah, three thousand eight hundred. Yeah, there was a little bit snow. Yeah, it's quite high. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> but I still had a little bit to go, so it was like I think I still had like two or three kilometers left, mm. and but a lot of climbing and. And so, so starting like walking, then hiking, then running, <laughs> and because we didn't have any signal up there anymore, and and you like we only have chances for four people, and I don't want to miss them, mm-hmm. and um, and then out of the sudden there was a car coming approaching me, and I was making sure that they will pick me up, and uh, there were like those two. Uh, strange gangster looking like Russians. I would say. <laughs> like Russian and oligarchs they, or something. Oh my gosh. But um, they didn't understand anything, but they knew I wanted to have a lift. And uh, so they, I, I uh, jumped in the car and they drove up there, but not, not to Kigeti, but they made a wrong turn to the left and not to Kigeti. And I was like, fuck, uh, I, I really need to go up there and I actually saw two people um racing down the mountain and it was like already fuck no uh, I, I really wanted to oh have, God, have no. them up there and at least I want to have them with the backdrop mm. and so I was trying to to communicate with the drivers <laughs> at, to, to let me out and they didn't oh. and they they were still driving oh my god so I decided to grab my gear and jump out <gasps> of the, uh, <laughs> Wait, okay, so these were complete, like, these were strangers, right? That you couldn't completely, speak English to. No, they didn't no, speak any no English language. But to a Kyrgyz, no, I, to a Kyrgyz no. person, yeah. this would be normal to just let someone get in your car, and it probably would also be normal for you to jump out of the movie. To jump out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were very slow, so it was not super exciting to, to, to watch or to witness I'm just me, picturing but like, you still... doing, like, a stunt out of, like, James Bond or something. Oh. Yeah. Tuck and like roll. The Indiana Jones and yes. grabbing my head out of the car again. Um, and then I saw I was running towards the, the two riders and they didn't stop and mm. 
I was like, fuck you. <laughs> because, I mean, fair enough. Because it, I mean, it, I mean, it didn't say that. But they, I mean, fair enough. They were happy to to ride again finally. Yeah, yeah. And it was uh, a quite good descent. So fair enough. And but I was like, come on, you, you could have stopped to say hello mm. after, uh, after you haven't seen anyone for for ages. Mm-hmm. And but because it was raining so heavily and I was soaked. Uh, soaking wet wait and, and where was um, your car that got you to the base like your dry your original um, driver like the, where the, were they uh they were back uh back down like two kilometers back down oh, okay. Was, okay 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 uh, they were still there yeah mm-hmm. so they were not like super far but like with the switchbacks and yeah. like uh down climbing it was like uh took not a long time but it took some time yeah but i w- had to decide if i want to keep going uh and standing there in the th- thunderstorm or go back and because i didn't know how heavy it will be and i didn't know when the other riders will come mm-hmm. and so i decided to walk back mm. and uh as soon as i was back at the car the sun came out yeah, and of course super warm and uh. and i turned around and the two riders were coming oh my oh that's kind of and perfect i was like I mean, it was, the photos were okay, but like, I mean, I was like, damn, I just should have, because I was not very far from the top, so I probably could have Mm -hmm. made it, Mm -hmm. but, uh, so that was super annoying. Um, (laughs) But it makes a great story. I did not expect you to tell us you jumped out of of a movie in a vehicle. (laughs) Um, Anything for the shot. Anything, yeah, anything for the shot, actually. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? (laughs) Why not risk your life? No, I mean, that was not risking your life, but... um, You hiked across the snow at Hellenic, didn't you, right? Like the big... So yeah, yeah. I forgot about it. (laughs) And that's not a failed shot, but for listeners, um, Hellenic Mountain Race, I think we talked about it on another episode. It's a race in Greece, same uh, organizer as Silk Road and Atlas. And, you know, Greece, you think it's warm, sunny... No, the mountain passes had snow on them and one was so bad that when the leader got there, like he took a photo and sent it to the organizer and was like, kind of, what do I do? Because like it was very deep snow. So then Nelson hiked up, I guess you could drive pretty far up that mountain pass. Nelson hiked up and he dug a trench so people could walk their bikes through the snow. Oh my Uh, But Niels took some incredible photos of like riders with their bikes on their backs, hiking through the snow. And I think ultra cycling memes made a meme about how like people go to Greece for holidays, bike cyclists in Greece, and it's just everybody in the snow and Niels's iconic (laughs) photos. So good. Hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah, that was completely different. I expected Greece also like completely different, like more like those postcard vibes. But Hmm. yeah, it was rainy and uh, snowy. But yeah, it was fun. How do you protect your camera in the rain? Like, do you have mm. a special cover or you just, is it like you're shaking your head? So what do you do? Yeah, not at all, more or less. <laughs> uh, thank you, Nikon. <laughs> uh, they're big, big fans of me. Um, Are they? No. no. Oh. Uh, because of that. I mean, oh. I think they like my photos, but they, they don't like your equipment if, treatment. No, if I give my back, uh, my camera to them to, to uh, clean them or to repair them. They're always shaking their head um, <laughs> because no, I think normal, just like ultras, you yeah. run yeah. your yeah, shit exactly. ragged. <laughs> you need a new camera afterwards, right? <laughs> On your bike, uh, yeah. 
No, but um, no, to, to be honest, sometimes I project them also um, uh, because of uh, dust and stuff like that. Uh, and then I just grab like a garbage bag. Mm. It's super, super cheap and it's always available. Um, you, you can buy like a, a proper, um, super expensive camera bags, but yeah. uh, to protect them, but super annoying. And those plastic garbage bags, uh, they are uh, visible. So you can e actually see through them. Mm. And mm -hmm. uh, so that helps. Mm. And yeah. that's good enough for me. I can yeah. just picture you like in a plastic see-through garbage bag, like running yeah. around through the mountains. <laughs> Covering around, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think one thing, we're kind of coming to the end of like the questions that we have, but one thing that you actually touched on this because when you shared that you wouldn't go into photojournalism, like um, shooting crises and wars and that you, you're too sensitive, which I actually didn't really expect you to say that, but it lends itself really nicely to this question. Like mm -hmm. your job is essentially to capture the full spectrum of emotions and experiences that riders go through. And mm. you've probably experienced some really intense moments with people where you may feel like you want to help them or comfort them and ultras are self-supported. Right. So I'm curious, yeah. like, how do you navigate those scenarios? What's going through your head? And like, how do you approach documenting that? Uh, so, so there's at least one. I mean, there are a couple of examples. But one example with um, I followed this German cyclist uh, Jana Kiesenheimer, mm. and um, she rode the Three Peaks uh, from uh, Vienna to somewhere to Italy. Mm -hmm. I think somewhere there, <laughs> and. Um, so she lost her contact lenses and um, in the grass, and I saw where it fall down, and I knew where it was, and I also knew that she's more or less blind without them. Mm. And at this point, I didn't know that she has spare ones or, or glasses. I think she didn't have glasses, but like spare contact lenses. And um, so I felt very bad and like an asshole to still take photos of her. Uh, looking for them and she it was at a point where she was already super exhausted and um very emotional and um so it felt so wrong to not help her mm -hmm. and um i think if she wouldn't have remembered that she has spare contact lenses in in her bag um i might have helped her to find them maybe in a like in a gray area way to uh to put my foot next to it and say like oh what do you think about my shoes or something i don't mm -hmm. i don't know mm -hmm. but um in that um for that particular uh, example because if you don't see anything and it's it, it is a road ra um road ultra and then you're not only for yourself there, but like there, there are cars. And mm -hmm. um, so it's, it can be very dangerous. And I think if someone like risking her or his life uh, because uh, of something like that, then I think then it's not worth like uh, to stick to the rules, I would mm -hmm. say. And 
if it's like very dangerous, um, someone is harming him, him or herself and putting themselves in, in danger, then I might help. Um, but maybe with like first asking the person, do you want help? Because that would mean that you are out of the race. Mm. Um, but it's always hard. I mean, there's uh, Atlas Mountain Race. There's one one part where the the road is broken down and it's like nearly five meters deep. The old colonial and road. Exactly. Yeah. And depending on what time you get there, you don't see shit. <laughs> and then um, you. The the good thing is the race is going uphill. So or the route is going uphill at this point. So you're very slow. Mm -hmm. But if you don't see it and you don't see the way, and I saw one guy like just <laughs> uh, climbing down, oh, like straight I down. Think and I, there was a British guy, Neil. He posted a story during Atlas. He like accidentally hiked all the way down only to have to mm. hike all the way back up because he was there at like two in the morning. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, you have to do that, but there's a, a nice, e easy uh, way <laughs> down. Easy. Um, yeah, quite easy, <laughs> but not like, I mean, the, the one, like you could like really climbing down, like putting, having your bike on, on your hand or in your hand, the other one, like on the cliff and then putting your bike down and then like finding place for your feet. I mean, that's doable, yeah. but like, it's difficult. not the easiest and probably also a dangerous way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, especially when there are better ways to go down mm. and yeah. up. Mm -hmm. um, but he didn't knew. Um, I was standing in, fr in front of him and I was like um, trying to to see if if that's super dangerous or if he's um, like capable of doing it. And I was like, are you serious going down there? And um Maybe there was already too much. I don't know, but like I didn't really help him. But he was like, "No, I feel very, very good." And um, so, I, well, I mean, I was there. The, the, our media car was there. Yeah, uh, we could have rescued him. Mm -hmm. And I, um, and I think for the most part, yeah. like when people are in actual danger, they're mm -hmm. like, I think, I mean, for I know for Nelson's races, he has said in his briefings, like if you get to a water crossing that is potentially dangerous like you can help each other across it because like the goal is not to have people get injured and die or anything yeah. like that uh, the self-supported nature is just you know for the rest of the adventure but when it comes to like if there is something that you know is potentially life-threatening you obviously should help someone yeah, yeah exactly mm -hmm. yeah and that's that's like how i do it normally mm -hmm. yeah and um and for emotional things i mean depends on that it's quite hard i mean there was one one time uh doing silk road there was one dutch rider and um is it kinder oh uh, no that's a different story but uh yeah he, he was uh it was like 4 a.m mm -hmm. and he was coming down the mountain and he got a flat tire and he didn't even see me and he was like screaming down the hill fuck and oh. i was running towards him and he was so exhausted and happy to see me uh, that he started crying and I started crying Aww. and then uh, when I was like okay keep going and he, he kept going I mean after we chatted like how was your night and yeah. how you get how, 
I have a flat tire and again and 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 then he was riding into sun uh, sunrise so beautiful. that was beautiful mm. but <laughs> but um like I said I'm I'm sensitive and I'm um, I'm doing this because I think I want to be emotionally involved. Mm. Yeah. And um that's what makes your photos so good. Yeah, because oh, you yeah. you can empathize with what people are going through mm-hmm. and yeah, it is such a joy to see you at races. Mm. So Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and, and your photos, yeah, like you said Cynthia, they, they do such a good job of capturing the emotion and oh, if you can really feel the connection with the riders like you know it's it's a you're yeah you're i feel like i'm else. there i think there was photos of <laughs> alan and kinda that you took after alan was the man on the cargo bike and he had crashed and kinda was like i don't know taking care of him or like making sure he was okay and they're just like photos of joy and you could just tell the elation that was in that moment because of your photos which is so cool mm-hmm. thanks yeah thank you very much yeah yeah, they they both are very great. It was super cool. So it, I mean, it it just happened. I didn't really had the plan to to follow them, but it just happened to that I was there around them most of the time, and mm-hmm. so I captured a lot of moments with them, and that was uh, super cool. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's like I mean, there was a moment with Quinna, and she she was nearly scratching, and. Uh, she, that was hard. <laughs> she was crying, and uh, I think she had a um, her husband on the phone. And yeah, I saw um, I was I saw that photo, and I was yeah, like, that, yeah. those emotions look like the mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. I mm. want yeah. to be done." Mm. Yeah, and she was about to to scratch, and um, that's also like, um, yeah, a hard situation then because I also want to take photos, mm-hmm. obviously, and I like her and i want to don't be an asshole yeah and like only have my camera in front of me but i also don't want to be the reason why she keeps going mm. only because because i mean because media is mentally um mentally support yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and definitely. um Agreed. if you have like if you are a professional athlete and you have one photographer or videographer with you and you know uh, the media crew is around the corner any, any time I call. So you can always push your limits a little further. Mm-hmm. And because you know they will be there mm-hmm. in, in need. And and it's nice to see someone who is familiar to, to you. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that, I mean, I was not there for Quinna, but um, I, so I had like, it was like a, a situation where I was not sure if I get any closer because... Yeah we know each other and we really like each other. And so I was not sure if I should take my photo and go back in the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the situation was not over. And so I also wanted to stay. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, so I did. And then we left and uh, went to the hotel and uh, she um, accidentally booked the same hotel. As <laughs> but like, um, that was not on on purpose, and um, but that's those moments are like very intense. Yeah. Um, also, because it's so cool that people um, let me in their mm-hmm. super private space, yeah. and like, I mean, it's super weird that I 
take photos of someone crying, of someone mm -hmm. who's eating, of someone who's sleeping. I mean, those <laughs> moments are very private, right? And um, so that that's so cool that people are... Um, I don't know if that's just... It's definitely not just for me, but like um, I think people are... I think ultra cyclists sometimes are like very close to homeless people. <laughs> like, I mean, Just one step up. Yeah, I, I think they have more expensive bikes, and but um, it, it's very funny that they are like living on the street, eating garbage, and like um, smelly. And but um, it's um, they're so open-minded, at least during those races or events but i think in general i would say like ultra cyclists and yeah. uh, a lot of them at least are very open and mm. honest and authentic which is which is one uh, reason why i do that mm -hmm. and um but it's so cool that people let me in in, in their private space and yeah. um i'm i really appreciate that and yeah that mm. keeps me going yeah it's like we've just kind of discussed how it's you know with other racers you have this connection this instant bond but it, honestly it's like with the media people they see you in your most deepest darkest holes sometime and that connection is something that like sometimes no words are even spoken a lot of times actually especially between myself and the media like I don't mm -hmm. usually talk unless it's the race organizer and they're asking me how I'm doing and there's other <laughs> photographers or videographers around. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that, that connection that you make um, is pretty special as well, aside from just the racers, but the people who are involved in the race photographers mm -hmm. and videographers. Um, yeah. It's a good, I love that connection. Do you feel, yeah. um, do you feel like you sometimes want to be on the other side of the lens and have the connection where it's just you and you and the other racers actually out there? Or you feel very content in the space you're in? Um, well, when I'm taking photos during those events, I always feel like I would like to ride my bike now. Mm -hmm. But I'm not that I'm, even in the bad situations, but um, I never have the, uh, I don't know, if never is the right word, but I think most of the, like 99% of the time, I don't want to compete. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I think I don't have that in me. I, I like to compete myself uh, with myself mm -hmm. also in, in photography and also in, in sports. Um, I mean, I want to get better, um, but I did some trail running races uh, and I was very bad <laughs> during the races and I was uh, oh, not very bad. That's, I mean, but like worse than during training mm. and, because I did it for myself and during the races, I was more like looking right and left and oh, he or she is a little bit faster than mm -hmm. I am. I, I should uh, stay with them. And I don't know. And that was not my pace. And yeah. I, I really didn't enjoy myself anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, so I don't see myself like competing. I mean, you can um, go to the race and, say like no i'm doing it touring mode mm -hmm. but i think hard. then you can also yeah, yeah and then you can also up. do it like without the race yeah, yeah. yeah. sure I mean, sure yeah. yeah so and i think this is more for me mm -hmm. um but yeah never say never right mm -hmm. i mean well, you just need to start races, riding yeah. to the races what's yeah, the next one yeah. ride kyrgyzstan next time or yeah you <laughs> could instead of flying to yeah. gravel worlds pack up your bike 
get going, Just Niels. Some, leave tonight. Yeah, I, I need to leave now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I could listen yeah. to your yeah. stories from your races mm. and everything. And it's like, I think one of the reasons I like you so much is because of how empathetic and mm open you are with people so I'm just so grateful we get to share a little bit of the things that mm-hmm. that you're able to capture because people just see the marvelous photos they don't see all of the effort and the emotion jumping out of moving vehicles yeah they, they don't get to see those things right they just see yeah. they just see the photos so yeah. I'm always yeah. thrilled to get to kind of peel back the curtain we do have some mm-hmm. fun hot takes or this or that for Ooh, you wow. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. first up <laughs> uh okay if you had to pick one of these three locations which one would it be morocco kyrgyzstan or greece to to ride myself or to capture it sorry uh we didn't Both. think about that which one would be for riding and which one would be right. for for uh documenting yeah well probably both kyrgyzstan yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i think yeah mm. Gosh, I need to go. I really like Kyrgyzstan. It's, it's funny. Amazing. I mean, I've been there twice now, and I had—I mean, the, the race a little bit. The route changed a little bit, I think. Yeah. Uh, but it was so different. Last it year was, was so different. Last and, year was yeah. so different, Neil. That's when we met in 2022, and it went much yeah. further south and went, oh, okay. went through it that walnut yeah, okay. forest, and then this year. Yeah, there true. yeah i mean there are some like kind of staples to that race like you go to the yurt camps i think kelsu was in this year yeah um i selfishly hope kelsu is in next year yeah. i'm like trying not to text nelson being like hey yeah. what's the route but i'm pretty <laughs> pretty <laughs> close to <it>. yeah <laughs> when you see him at atlas are you, you invite him, him here to to the podcast he, we yeah, did we invite will. him and he's gonna be on yeah. he's just a you know that nelson he's a hard man to pin down yeah yeah, true. So he'll, he's busy. He'll be on here yeah. one of these days. All right. Maybe during the middle of one of the races, we'll we'll be like, "All right, I think then he has I'm fun. racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, while we're both racing, we'll dial in with yeah. our satellite phones. That would be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I have. Okay, thought this about one. The... To... Sorry, go ahead, Cynthia. <laughs> um, this one is more. Uh, we have we heard the answer already, but I like always love to know other people's gears. So, Canon or Nikon? You said Nikon earlier. Is it? Yeah. That's how fun. do you yeah. so, how do you say I? You know, we Americans say it one way. How do you say Nikon? Uh, very German, actually. Yeah. Nikon. Nikon. Okay. Nikon. Yeah. Nikon. Yeah. Wait, is um, is 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 it is it a German company? No, no. it's uh, from uh, Japan. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. This well, that's a... the follow up question after that too. So, you're a Nikon <laughs> user. What um what lenses do you like to shoot with when you're shooting for races? Like, how many do you bring? Um, what are your favorite focal yeah. lengths? I have. Most of the time, I have three with me, and normally I have two camera bodies with me mm-hmm. as well. So I put like the main uh, uh, ones on, and this is the twenty-four to seventy mm-hmm. with um, aperture of two point eight mm-hmm. uh, for both Classic. of them actually, and the other one is seventy to two hundred. Mm-hmm. So I have it all in two len- mm-hmm. uh, lenses yeah. and which I like because then I'm super flexible mm-hmm. and the quality of them are very good. How much does so, one of these, like these lenses are quite heavy and you're put you're, you're only bringing two when you're shooting, yeah. right? No, I have the uh, 50 millimeter, but mm. this is like, uh, doesn't count. Like, mm, yeah. it's, it's, um, How heavy is your uh, backpack f- when you're shooting? 
Uh, so with my laptop in, maybe it's and batteries, fifteen kilos, mm. kilograms. That's heavy. Say. Yeah, I, we didn't even get into it. But how do you keep everything charged if you're not staying in guest? Like, you do you have a a photographer's version of a Dynamo Hub or something? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, actually, sometimes we do. We we can. I, I have something which you can plug in the. I don't know how you call it. Like the lighter, uh, the cigarette the lighter, cigarette lighter in, yeah. the, in the car. Mm-hmm and but sometimes i don't or we don't use it and i'm uh, i i'm not shooting like like a with a machine gun so i don't mm-hmm. spare too much uh, battery mm-hmm. it's more like i see what i want to to shoot mm-hmm. and yeah. maybe move around and then take the photo and maybe take another one and then i'm good yeah mm-hmm. so i i don't um yeah blast through my batteries but i have I have a lot of them with me mm-hmm. yeah wow mm-hmm. that's cool to hear that you don't like I always kind of just my photography approach when I'm with my iPhone is just like shoot yeah. as many as possible and mm. then pick them later. But yeah. when I shoot film, it's much more intentional of slow down, frame, oh, and yeah. blah, blah, okay. which you mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. you obviously have to do for your photos. Okay. Yeah, that's where I'm coming from, actually. Like I was mm. I started with a film camera and mm. uh, so I, w- I had like 36 photos mm-hmm. and so I, I didn't want to. Yeah. And back, even back in the days, back in the days, yeah, like I'm very, I'm super old, right? And so, <laughs> and um, so I didn't want to, yeah, like uh, finish the film within like seconds. So, yeah. Yeah, I was very like uh, precise, like like very German on on taking <laughs> photos. You're you are German in some ways, but you're just so funny. Okay, last <laughs> last question. Bucket list locations to shoot or go for a ride yourself. Like if you could go anywhere in the world to take photos and ride your bike, where would you go? Yeah, I have some actually. I, I don't have like races, but um I think there's so many and so many new ones I've never heard of. <laughs> and but like um I like the Balkan area mm-hmm. and um Patagonia. Um I mean, I've been there actually, like at at least on paper a couple of times, but I think Patagonia is so big, and or yeah. I, I know it, it's so big, and um, like every turn is different, and so I would love to go back to Patagonia and uh, see more places in it. Let's go um, for a bike backing trip after across Andes. <laughs> Yeah. Do it. I think I would love that. You I would should. love Let's that because it. I mean the the race across Andes is kind of fast, even though yeah. it's a thousand yeah. kilometers. Mm-hmm. But like, it's easy, easily done. Mm-hmm. I would say yeah. you guys should even do that and then make yeah. a YouTube yeah. video about it. Mm, Just say. Deal. All yeah. right, let's let's chat later, Niels. <laughs> <laughs> Come in, yeah. Oh, um... so, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I mean. I think Bolivia has a, oh, cool. a, a salt lake. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, or probably can't pronounce it. Salade Uyuni. Mm. That's probably how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. No, probably not. But, uh, <laughs> Better than I would do. I think it's the biggest salt lake. Wow. Um, cool. And I, th- I heard that it's quite... I mean, it's beautiful because it's extremely high, hmm. uh, and it's it's the biggest one in the world. And but there are still mountains around it, so it's not only like flat, but it's like hmm. 
it's a lot of variety mm-hmm. around it mm-hmm. and uh, can imagine that it's quite beautiful mm-hmm. but maybe it's would be only part of the the bikepacking trip mm-hmm. because otherwise it might be mm-hmm. boring mm-hmm. yeah so cool though mm, i'll have to look it up Oh, Niels, this was the best. Thank I you. say this after every guest, but I mean I it every time. <laughs> yeah. I just like want to give you, you a so big much. hug, and I yeah, please do. Can't wait yeah. to see. I'll give you it. two hugs. Yeah. I get to. I get to <laughs> see Niels yeah, again you guys sooner get than to they do. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I need to race again. more so that I get to see you more, Niels. I think that's wait, that's Niels. True. Are you going to be in? At- I mean, are you going to be in Morocco? Are you going back again this year? Uh, I haven't talked to Nathan yet, mm-hmm. but I would love to. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mel and I will and be there. And if not, so. I'm going to Rwanda probably. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I would love to go to, to Morocco. But Rwanda, is, it's a beautiful race as well. Yeah. And I like that country. I was, yeah. looking, well, if, at, um, I was looking at Rwanda in case... Um, yeah. Because yeah. it's not clear if Atlas Mountain Race will happen yet. I Exactly. That's my point. I hope yeah. it does. But at the same time, if it's not appropriate to... For, mm-hmm for them to host, then I definitely wouldn't want that to be a burden. So I guess, and I think Nelson has great judgment. So I, he's very, he's very diplomatic and very involved with the local people. So I think Mm. whatever decision is made will be the right one for this year, but maybe see you in Greece. See you in February. Or we're taking, we're taking wedding photos in Kyrgyzstan in August. That will be so exciting. (laughs) I'm very looking forward to it. (laughs) That will be a blast. Well, so cool. Good luck in Italy. Enjoy Gravel Worlds and we will see you really soon. Yeah, I hope so. And thank you very much for having me. That was amazing. Of course. Thank you for being here.